You're listening to Lunch with Lloyd. On Dubai Eye 103.8. Hi there, it's Mark Lloyd from Lunch with Lloyd and welcome along to this podcast. We had an amazing guest live at Expo 2020. The music superstar Sami Youssef joined us in the show to talk about his music and he's going to be performing here at Expo 2020. We explored the Thai Pavilion with the Consul General of Thailand who joined us in the studio. Nada Badram was around and we went for a wander around several pavilions including Japan and I headed over to Egypt for a look at the history of the country and also what's going to be happening in the next 50 years in Egypt. Enjoy and do join us live on the show weekdays from 11 o'clock. You're listening to Lunch with Lloyd on Dubai I 103.8. Yes, indeed. Welcome back to the show. We are live here at Expo uh, 2020 and I've been so looking forward to uh, this next interview coming up. We love to talk music on the show. It's our favourite subject. And when you get a British composer, musician who sold over 45 million albums around the world uh, and he can do pretty much everything, produce, arrange, sing, he's the whole thing. Uh, Sami Youssef, what a great pleasure to see you face to face. Thank you so much. It's like so weird hearing about myself that way. Uh, so you're talking about someone else no no we're talking about you Sammy Um, (laughs) it's interesting uh, composer musician producer arranger and only thirdly you consider yourself a vocalist why why is that I mean you're kind of the all round entertainer aren't you really Um, thank you so much for the kind words Um, I mean my background's always been music uh, composition yeah Um, and singing came about when I was like 14, 15. Mm-hmm. Uh, I sang and my dad said, well, that's really good. You should continue. <laughs> okay, thanks. But it's, you know, it's, it's, it's like the way I look at it is um, when you look at piano, for example, you've got, you've got the contrabass, you know, you've got the double yep. bass, you've got the cellos, you've got, you know, the soprano, the different ranges. Yeah. And um, all these different instruments as well um, that... Uh, um, are allocated to those ranges, right? And the voice is an instrument. It's, we yep. can call it yep. perhaps the most profound instrument, but it's an instrument. Um, possibly the most evocative, the most powerful, yeah. but it's an instrument. Yeah. And we forget that sometimes. So when I compose, my voice is literally an instrument. You know, when I'm producing or arranging or mixing, even it's like, okay, you know, let's. There's a space for that. There's a space for this and there's a space yeah, for, for the voice, the voice. Well. Yeah. Uh, talking of instruments um, how many do you play and uh, you know wh- wh- which do you have one that you really like to compose on um, I would say my voice I change I change my, my, my favorite yeah. instrument changes you Does know it? with the seasons yeah um, but I, I I would say the voice uh, but it's different it's, it's different like when you're doing something polyphonic it's got harmonies in it. Yeah. Um, the piano helps uh, a lot. When it's unison orientated, when it's a strong melodic line, mm-hmm. then the voice, the oud. I play the oud. Right. Um, uh, you know, I, I grew up in London uh, in a place called Ealing, very multicultural. Mm-hmm. Um, oddly enough, it's a very, very strange, strange set of things happened right for some reason i wasn't listening to blur and oasis <laughs> i was listening to you know uh, uh ravi shankar and and uh 
you know, Nusrat Fatali Khan. Oh I knew you were yeah. going to say yeah. him. I knew yeah. you were going to say him. <laughs> it's just really, yeah. it's, it, 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 it's just how it is. You know, there's no specific reason. Because I'm, you Did know, you grow ethnic- up with Bollywood movies? No. Mm. No. It's just my dad's a composer. We come from a music fam- musical family and, you know, I love traditional sound. Anything, tra- Bach. I listen to Bach. It's mm-hmm. so uncool, you know, like go- going to schools. So what do you listen to? I'm like, yeah, everyone's like, yeah, you know, um, yeah. Guns N' Roses and this and yeah. that. I'm like, <laughs> Bach. So you're a posh kid. You're a posh kid growing up I in would, Ealing. I would never say that, though, because you get, you, get, you get beaten up. Yeah. <laughs> in London, in school, you get beaten it up. It was interesting, because off air, we were talking about how you love Southall and you're, yeah. in, you're in Ealing. And it's a massive multicultural Very society much. there. And, you know, my parents, when they moved to England, everyone goes to Southall. Definitely. So there's a lot of Indians. Yeah. So your music, I, you know, first of all, I have to say, and I've told you this off air, so there's no insult. I didn't even know who you were. And you're a British <laughs> composer. He's not insulted by it at all, if I'm being honest. But the amount of albums you've sold, and when I listened to your music today and last week when I was listening to it, there's so many sounds that I grew up with, like Kuali, guzzle yeah. music. Yeah. So, and you sing that in Urdu. You sing it in different languages. I try to, yeah. You sing it better than me. <laughs> I don't know about that. But, you know, I, I, I grew up loving, uh, f- feeling, an, uh, having an affinity to traditional sounds. Right. Western classical included. Yeah. And later on, as I grew up and I met some teachers, very spiritual people, they said, you know, it's a good sign. That says a lot. You know, I was like, oh, wow, really? And then I studied more and more and I, I released an album, became very popular, sold millions of albums, blah, 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 and did another album. And then I took a break and I studied. I, I try, I'm still studying, we're all studying. But I kind of delved into the books and, and just took a break. And then I basically, um, my views on music have kind of evolved mm. i've evolved with age i'm 41 i'm not 22 and i released my first album so you know i have a profound respect for traditional music a profound respect mm. profound respect and then when you study the roots of traditional music whether it's the classical canon the western classical canon or whether it's the rags of india or whether it's um you know the different modal systems in in uh, west west africa or uh, japan uh, you'll find that oftentimes these these sounds are connected to the sacred. They didn't come out of a vacuum. But, but this is the thing you talk about sacred. There's a lot of poetic and spirituality within your music. You sound like quite an old soul from a young age. Do you think you are? Uh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say these things in school because you didn't want to get beat <laughs> yeah, up. I want to be cool. You want to be cool, <laughs> right? So I just I keep low and just be very quiet and stuff. But. I've always been like this. Yeah. Um, Let, let's have a little clip of, of your music. This is something called Nasimi. Um, right. Just give me some background. It's so I was, an, I was asked to, uh, um, uh, to compose music uh, by the Republic of Azerbaijan um, to tell the story of ancient Azerbaijan. Um, and I'm ethnically Azerbaijani. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I was asked to compose music, and it was connected to, the, uh, to a UNESCO event. It was the opening ceremony for, for UNESCO um, in Baku. And this piece, Imad al-Din Nasimi, um, essentially is possibly the founder of the Azerbaijani language. Um, it's from the th- the, I mean, in, in the way it's spoken today. And um, he was this incredible mystic, this incredible poet. He wrote in multiple languages. Um, he's a great Azerbaijani uh, po- uh, poet. And this poem, I mean, it's unbelievably profound. He says, I am the, I'm the arrow. I'm the bow, I'm the young, I'm the old, 
You know, I, I, this sense of yeah. I. He's having it. It's an ecstatic utterance that you find in Boulay Shah, you find in Mawlan, in Rumi, in different, you know, poetry from the Islamic world. So enjoy. Let's have a clip. Okay, we seem to have a, a, a little bit of a problem there with that clip. Um, I was looking forward yeah, to that. Actually. I, I, so oh, was I. I, was <laughs> like I a, it, there was a drum roll in my head. It start <laughs> silent. Why don't you just do it live for us, Sammy? Oh, it's not that kind of piece. There we go. <laughs> Yeah, very powerful. You can feel the the, the essence uh, of that song, uh, Nasimi from Sama Yusuf. So what are you actually going to be performing uh, for us here at Expo 2020? We have 60 minutes of brand new content uh it's really exciting the name of the the show i don't like to use the word show the name of the performance is beyond the stars Mm -hmm. and there's actually there's actually a piece called beyond the stars it's the final it's the finale um and we are exploring we're telling the story it's a very audacious and um kind of almost arrogant kind of thing to do but we are trying I'm trying to tell the story of the Silk Road in 60 minutes Mm. through a musical journey we have Qawali we have some of the most remarkable musicians from China India Europe Um, I mean it's just so much to say very eclectic uh, team we have an entire piece in Latin a language that's archaic that's rarely spoken you know even in the churches in, in in the Catholic church rarely spoken the pope i think doesn't speak it the current pope <laughs> they do the mass in latin but it's from hildegard von bingen um, a very um uh, incredible female saint from the i think she's from the 12th century um and it's in full latin so it's a very very interesting experience i would recommend it if not for me everyone should come for this uh uh, for the musicians, yeah, and, and, and when are you, when are your shows? When, when are they going to be? Twenty second and twenty third. I was thinking um, the listeners know that I'm actually a singer songwriter. I used to be back in the day. I'm looking for a producer. So when you're free after Expo, you got nothing to do. You know, <laughs> my pleasure. You play a lot of instruments. <laughs> uh, Sammy Youssef, it's been an absolute honour to have you with us, um, and we wish you well for uh, Expo 2020. What What are your final thoughts on on the Expo grounds here? And uh, really the, amazing. I mean, the UAE has t- has turned an otherwise boring thing right because i don't know much about expos i just know that's mainly trade focused yeah. and business True. yeah i mean they just created this incredible <laughs> spectacle right it's an amazing the greatest show i mean there's so much to do all the planes are packed hotels are packed it's a really exciting time and kudos to them and kudos to you and thank you very much for having me and talking of the greatest show do go see Sammy Yusuf he oh, yes, is uh, amazing this is Lunch with Lloyd on Dubai Eye 103.8
Yes, indeed. Welcome back to the show, Lunch with Lloyd, live from Expo 2020. And uh, I can tell you, Punau, I was up here at the weekend um, having a little bit of an exploration. And uh, I went to the, the Thailand uh, stand, which was absolutely fantastic. Their pavilion, it absolutely blows you away. Probably the most best for selfies and photographs, for well, sure. I'm hoping to get a private tour today after this next interview. I know. <laughs> it's, a, it's a real honour for us uh, here on Lunch with Lloyd to have joining us the Royal Thai Consulate General Cherat Siravat. A very good morning to you, sir. Good morning. A real pleasure to have you. And uh, also joining us from Deepa is um, Kasitatorn Puparadai. Was that close? Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> good morning. <laughs> it, was, it was the best. I, I think I... that was completely wrong. <laughs> uh, I, 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 well, uh, as I said, sir, a real pleasure to have you uh, joining us um, on the show. I was in your pavilion at the weekend. J- just tell listeners what much. they can expect to see um, if they come to the Thai pavilion, sir. Um, Thailand has been participating in World Expo uh, since 1862. Yeah. We joined Expo more than 30 times. Uh, but this Expo, we have the largest uh, pavilion that we ever built in the Thai history. Yeah. At Expo 2020, uh, Thailand is participating under the theme of the mobility of the future. Uh, at Thailand Pavilion, visitor will uh, experience the part of uh, Thailand's mobility through four exhibition halls under the theme Mobility of the Future. The exhibition highlights the country's development uh, towards uh, digital economy and society, uh, driven by connectivity, technology, innovation, and smart movement of people. One of the highlights that will give a warm welcome to all visitors from the very first visit is the pavilion external decoration. Thailand pavilion facades is covered with 500 artificial rocks or good luck flower. This is Thai pra- uh, flower representing Thai hospitality. Yep. Uh, meanwhile, it's interwoven also reflect the connectivity, nation continuous growth and development. The Thai Suk uh, also offered the perfect place uh, to purchase Thai quality products, handicraft, souvenirs, gifts, and accessories, which are selected from over 500 SME or small and medium enterprise of Thailand. The Pavilion six-month program of special events include both cultural innovative activities uh, co-organized by over 10 organizations of Thailand. For example, in the next month, uh, people can enjoy Loi Gatong, which is a uh, frozen lantern uh, festival in November. Mm-hmm. And on December 5th, we will have nat- uh, National Day at the Awasa uh, uh, Dome, while uh, December 12th, we will celebrate 45th anniversary of diplomatic relations between Thailand and UAE. Um, moving to uh, uh, 2025, uh, 22nd, uh, we will uh, explore uh, many activities uh, that is uh, like uh, uh, Digital and Innovation Festival followed by Energy Week and Environment Week that we will uh, uh, show to our, uh, our visitors. In March, we will have Festival of Happiness and Thai Smiles, yeah. a week that uh, will bring a series of uh, uh, mood-lifting activities, including competitions, 
Thai flower garden making and uh, as a skillful class decide uh, to experience our guests the new cultural dimension that perhaps they never tried before. Um, it's a- absolutely stunning, and you've got so many things that are going to be happening uh, there. And you also can learn quite a lot about uh, Thailand. Um, I certainly learned a lot by going along there about your infrastructure and you uh, also much. about people that make Thailand their home. Um, you've got this lovely video going on. There's a Muay Thai boxer who uh, made Thailand his home. There's a food chef, a critic. Uh, so many people that have really you know, visited Thailand and never want to leave. Yeah. Um, so uh, tell me a little bit about what visitors will learn coming to your uh, pavilion. I think not only the way of storytelling uh, at the Thai pavilion, the stunning animation totally designed by the Thai graphic designer by their own that will surprise visitors. But the exhibition also reflects how we developed the country from the old days yeah. to the present and to the future while preserving our traditional values uh, to what we call soft power, which is very great f- uh, for, for Thailand. So you can see yeah. uh, Thai soft power all over the world, especially for the food culinary. So mo- mostly people love it. Your food is the best in the world. Yeah. There's no two ways about that. And yeah, the spiciest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more <laughs> spicy than Indian food. <laughs> soft power is shown to the Thai uh, people themselves and the Thai hospitality. The food, the culture, and tourism and this is what attracts people from around the world to travel, to invest, and to live permanently in, in the countries, which is shown in our uh, 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 hall, uh, I think it's hall number four. So yeah. you may visit and you will enjoy it. Uh, for sure. Now, I want to bring in uh, uh, Cassita Torn uh, right now. Um, tell us more about the, the art title, Miracle of Smiles. Right. Uh, for the miracle of smile, I think from the very first moment that you arrive at our pavilion, you meet up with our multi-talented ambassador who greet you with all our hospitality and smiles that make you so welcome. Yeah. That is the first thing that brought the smile on your face. And already. you've got that lovely boat as right, well, that yes. traditional Thai boat. That as, is, as you walk that's in. right. That's yeah. on the first hall. Yeah. But but apart from our meeting with our ambassador, you saw a lot of interactive exhibition that that you can enjoy and interact with. For example, you feel the smell of the fragrance in the second hall, and then you feel the rain and the move in the dawn. So this is something that you can enjoy and bring the smile on your face. Yeah, yeah. Um, we, we spoke about cuisine and about yeah. Thai food. I believe we can sample um, some cuisine as well um, at the Thai Pavilion. Oh, definitely. You should come because we have the taste of Thai that have variety of food and, you know, some of them that you already know about is yeah. pad thai, yeah. chicken satay, masman curry, tom yam gung. But that, that is just a few that I can name. But come here and you can explore more of the menu that we have. We have visitors that uh, right now we already have 100,000 uh, visitors visiting our pavilion. And quite a number of them have come out of uh, Hall 4 and they just go right into the Thai of taste, which, which is our You're definitely there. the top of the list of, of places <laughs> to visit. And lots of entertainments as well um, coming up, as we mentioned, throughout the season, right? Definitely. And uh, 
for the start, we have a daily performance, which we call Thai Iconic Performance. We have uh, divided into three groups of performance. The first one is Thai Fighting Spirit. So you know that you can enjoy our amazing power of Muay Thai boxing wow. and uh, we also combine that with our animation with the e-sport and a lot of people love it and they e even enjoy the interaction with that. And then we have Thai Rhythm, which is uh, our spectacular attraction, beauty of art, music and dance from four regions across the country. And then we have Thai Miracles, which is a, a majestic cone, moving royal dance that is now listed in uh, UNESCO World Heritage. That is uh, our daily performance, but also we have entertainment from our ambassador. They, they perform a live band, so that is lovely. Wow. So, so come and join us. We started from 4 p.m. to 10 p.m. at night, yeah. so every hour. A lot of people just gathering in front of our pavilion. Excellent. Well, um, uh, Cassie Torn and uh, also um, Shirat Siravat, the Consul General of Thailand. It's been an absolute honour to have you in our studios. And congratulations on your fantastic pavilion. Please come to visit uh, Thai Pavilion. We guarantee that you and every visitor will uh, uh, impress our hospitality, experience the superb food and cultural performance. We and will do, uh, sir. We will Please do. Come. Please sure. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to have you uh, on the show. This is Lunch with Lloyd. On Dubai Eye 103.8. Yeah, welcome back into the show. This is uh, Lunch with Lloyd through 2 o'clock. Thanks for all your messages that are coming along of uh, your great travel memories, cherished travel memories. Uh, now, coming up next, uh, we are joined by uh, Nada from Wanda with Nada. Now, last week uh, when she uh, joined us on the show, she'd visited um, 33, I believe, 33 pavilions. Nada, I know we're going to shoot up from there. Uh, how, many, how many is it now? 46. 46. Yep. Wow. 46 you, and counting. You are so well trammeled when it comes to Expo 2020. <laughs> I'm also very tired. Yeah, <laughs> I can imagine. So how many times do you do you come over? Is it kind of a couple of times a week? Or? Yeah, uh, three times a week. Three times a week. Yeah. yeah. One of them, of course, to be on the radio. Which yes, is, of which course, is amazing. which is today. Um, so uh, I remember last week we were talking a lot about Germany. Uh, what has caught your eye when it comes to, like, we'll start with pavilions um, this week. Well, the really cool thing, Mark, um, about the Expo is that for the first time in World Expo history, every participating country actually has its own pavilion, right? So I actually wandered to Morocco this week, which mm -hmm. was absolutely stunning. Um, so first of all, Morocco is kind of designed as a vertical earthen village. So it's actually made of damp soil or earth that's been compressed or rammed into solid walls. So they have these 22 stacked rectangular blocks. So it kind of looks like Jenga in a way. Right, okay. um, and this kind of architecture is inspired by villages throughout Morocco, and it helps control the temperature. Now, inside you have a winding street, which begins at the top floor and then gradually descends to the ground. And kind of like, a, I'd say, a, a car parking building. Right. Um, and as you make your way down, you enter different rooms, um, and each one is entirely different. So in one, for example, they have a replica of a skull that was actually uh, discovered of one of the first ever Homo sapiens in Morocco some really? 310,000 years ago. So it was really cool to see that um, just in person. They also have a section that's dedicated to argan oil, which is often called the country's liquid gold, 
right? So argan oil or argan trees are grown almost exclusively in Morocco, and they produce a fruit which contains a nut that needs to be extracted uh, and then with the kernels, they need to be crushed so that you can get the oil. So it's very um, time and labor intensive, which is what makes yeah. it so expensive. Yeah. And it's used for many, many purposes. So historically speaking, it was used as medicine, uh, but it was also used as flavoring, for example, for maybe fish or couscous in, in Morocco. Right. But today, every cosmetic company is actually using it for beauty purposes. So they're basically using it for you know shampoo bars to anti-aging face serum. So with that, argan oil can actually cost as much as 300 US dollars per liter, which wow. is very expensive. And that makes it the world's most expensive edible oil. Amazing. I think I need some of that to put on my face. <laughs> hey, no, you definitely look younger. And, and uh, I would say you're Dubai's Benjamin Button. <laughs> <laughs> Going the other way. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, I'm, I'm just trying to visualize. You say it looks a little bit like Jenga from, from the outside. Yeah, you know, like Jenga stacked on top of each yeah. other. They're 22 rectangular blocks. And so it's very visually uh, nice yeah. to see. Mm -hmm. Another topic that they actually covered, which I thought was really interesting, is antibiotic resistance, uh, which is a major public health concern. So antibiotics are medicines that people use to prevent and treat bacterial infections. Right. But because they're overused or even misused, what happens is that people have become antibiotic resistant, right? So germs like bacteria and fungi actually develop the ability to defeat the drugs that are trying to kill them. And they look for new ways to survive. Yeah. So Morocco has actually a plant-based solution to treat that. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought I it was a very yeah. informative, very, very different pavilion from all the rest. Uh -huh. um, and I would definitely suggest visiting. Right. Um, when you say it's kind of all on top of each other, I, uh, is there a lot of climbing involved? Um, so as soon as you enter, you actually enter an elevator and they take right. you up to the seventh floor. So you begin at the top and then start making your way down uh, with the winding street. Okay. Um, so how much time would we spend, would you say, to get the most out of Morocco? Definitely an hour. An hour. Yeah, an hour minimum. An hour. Uh, if for longer, they actually also have a very, very nice gift store where you can pick up a few things. I don't know if you've ever seen those uh, Moroccan babushka shoes. Yes. Uh, they're very cool looking. <laughs> uh, so that's one. And then they also have two uh, cafes slash restaurants on site, which were very busy when I passed by. So mm -hmm. it definitely looks like it's worth going to. Have you gotten any souvenirs so far, as well as the stamps in your passport, which, <laughs> uh, you know, we're up to... 40, where are we now? 40, yeah, 46. 46. Yeah. Uh, any souvenirs that you've picked up along the way? I did. I picked up just a small bottle of the argan oil because I thought, you know, what better thing to pick up from Morocco? Uh, yeah. The source of it all. Yeah. Okay. So that's Morocco um, that we need to go along and see. Um, very quickly, don't give me all the details yet, but uh, you're going to be taking us to another pavilion after the news. Where are we going to be off to? We're going to Japan. To Japan, which is high on my list. Um, I came last Friday as uh, kind of a visitor, not broadcasting, as a visitor to kind of explore. Uh, I went to, um, to uh, South Korea, which was great. Uh, Thailand, absolutely fantastic. Love that. And of course, we had the Thai consul in earlier on. But Japan is one that I didn't manage to make. Uh, so I'm going to be doing that this oh, weekend. Oh, great. So. I did see you go to Egypt. Yes, I went to Egypt. So I'll talk about that a little bit later on in the show. This is Dubai Eye 103.8. You're listening to Lunch with Lloyd. Yeah, welcome back to the show. Lunch with Lloyd through 2 o'clock this afternoon. 
Right now, we welcome back once again Nada from Wanda with Nada. She's uh, puts together lots of fantastic tours of the UAE, whether it's in Sharjah or in Abu Dhabi and in Dubai. But um, I think at the moment, you are absolutely transfixed here at Expo 2020, <laughs> Nada, yeah? I, uh, I have. Um, and indeed, uh, the, the number of pavilions are just just overwhelming, right? You yeah. have, you've got over 190. So I've been trying to tackle at least about six or seven a day okay. uh, every time I come and visit. So right now, up to 46 and counting. 46 and counting. That passport's going to be full before you know it. Uh, <laughs> now, um, we've already visited Morocco. Um, Japan is next on our list, and it's, it's definitely high on my list. It's a country that I've been lucky enough to go to twice and adore Japan. So uh, tell me about their pavilion here. Sure. So I have actually been trying to get into this pavilion for for probably about the six or seven times that I've been to Expo. Uh, the lines are actually super long um, and warranted. So they actually tell you there's an expected waiting time of about 60 minutes sometimes. So okay. you need to get there early. Yeah. Um, and so I actually got there as soon as they had opened and it was thankfully shorter than 60 minutes. So that's tip number one. Now, the architecture of the Japan Pavilion is beautiful. Uh, it's actually inspired by origami, which is the Japanese art of paper folding. Yeah. So if you've seen that before, it's actually really, really intricate. Now, once you're inside, you're actually given a personalized experience. Uh, they give you a device to wear as well as headphones. And you're gifted a single virtual flower, which is apparently custom when a guest visits a Japanese home. So the host actually places a single flower in a vase to welcome them. Okay. So I thought that was a really nice touch. Yeah. Now you walk through five zones and you learn about Japan's history, its culture, its innovation, and the issues they're trying to tackle. So for example, one thing that I learned was that long before Japan had a calendar, people saw the passage of time in the flowers that bloomed each season. Oh, so I thought that yeah, was a really beautiful, beautiful. kind of message. Um, now, one of the rooms uh, was probably one of the coolest I've seen yet. Um, and you know how Japan is very well known for its um, anime and uh, manga culture? Yes, yeah. Exactly. So they have a room that's filled with these tiny figurines which show a certain scene with a title that explains it. So, for example, um, they have tiny figures of people sunbathing, but they're placed on sponges. So the title for that is Soaking Up the Summer. <laughs> I thought it was a nice, uh, nice ring to it, a nice pun. Or a theme park where everything is made from cutlery and dishes, and it's called Disneyland instead oh, of Disneyland. I love it. I'm loving this already. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So it really is brilliant. Uh, finally, you actually get to see your avatar. So based on the device you're wearing and what you've interacted with the most, the walls actually show these life-sized animes that run around the room and we all pretty much follow them. So it really it looks so <laughs> funny when you just see, you know, look from a camera and see a bunch of people running around the dome. Uh, but it was really, really cool. So Japan is also going to be hosting the next World Expo in 2025. Yeah, I saw that, yeah, which uh, I'm sure is going to be magnificent. Um, uh, the actual aesthetic of, 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 the, of the stand itself, um, of the pavilion itself, what, what does it look like on the approach? So it does look like these folded pieces of paper. So like we of said, based on exactly the yeah. origami. Um, and there is an Arabian sort of touch to it uh, as well. So the way that they've designed it is to let in a certain amount of sunlight. So not entirely. Okay. And that helps provide shade indoors. Uh, but I promise you wouldn't have to worry about the heat because inside they have these 
air conditioning slash misty machines that are just blasting the the, yeah. the sort of uh, water uh, in the room. So I was actually cold inside. Really? <laughs> yeah. So we wouldn't have to worry about the heat at all. Any sushi and sashimi um, around there? They do. So they have their own <laughs> restaurant that you can also go into uh, and just also have a, a few uh, different Japanese dishes. Right, that is definitely on my list for um, the weekend. Um, you've also spotted a couple of things, you know, um, that are kind of features uh, around um, around Expo 2020. Not so much pavilions, but features that you can just go and, and gaze at, really. So what have you come across there? Yeah, so uh, the Expo has a few attractions. They're not exactly in pavilions. They're just outside as you yeah. walk by. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we love our views from the top here in Dubai. So people love to visit usually the Burj Khalifa or the view at the Palm, which is more recently opened. Well, here the Expo has its very own. An observation deck, which takes people 55 meters high on a 360 degree rotating deck. Wow. Yeah, very, very impressive. I I kind of just saw it from afar and I was like, what is that? I can see people standing, but couldn't tell if, you know, this was just maybe something they had planted Mm. to look like people were just looking out. But no, you can actually go up. It's a five minute trip, so it's not a long one, but you get to see uh, the expo site from a very, very beautiful vantage point. So this is not the garden in the sky. This is something different. So this is the garden in the sky. So it's just this round circle. And so people just enter then it takes you up and then they rotate up in the sky nice um another anything else that's uh, caught your eye yeah so we also love our water fountains here in dubai so at expo there's a water feature where there's a I would say giant sort of waterfall that comes tumbling down these high walls. So at night is actually where the magic happens because the water actually moves upwards instead. So it's kind of completely <laughs> defying gravity. Uh, so that's very cool to see. Um, here you can actually take your shoes off and then just kind of walk into the waterfall with your feet. So yeah. you kind of have an opportunity to, I call it swim, but of course it's just getting your feet wet at most. And they've got amazing music that's also playing in the background so an orchestral score from the same composer as the game, game of, of thrones, thrones. Exactly. yes i learned that today <laughs> yeah. isn't that amazing it eh? is it is and so very very nice and catchy at the very center of the attraction they also have this mysterious circle uh, of fire that actually produces bursts of flames in uh, red, green, and yellow. Okay. And, of course, in keeping with Expo's theme of sustainability, these huge flames are actually pure hydrogen, and so they produce no carbon. Fantastic. Um, so there's uh, some great ideas, some uh, great things that you can see, pavilions that you can enter, try the sushi in Japan, uh, and uh, also Morocco as well. Sounds fascinating. Uh, always a pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, Nada, um, you off wandering again? Well, today I actually have a tour in old Dubai in the afternoon, so oh, I'm nice. heading now. You're to heading the, back to the I'm old part. I'm heading back to the old part, yeah. Good for you. That's Wanda with Nada. We'll catch you again next week. This is Lunch with Lloyd on Dubai Island. 103.8. Now there's just around uh, 200, just less than that, pavilions here. And there's, that means we've got a lot to see over the next couple of weeks or a couple of months. So some of us have to do some work here. So I needed a bit of me time in the studio. So about five minutes ago, I told, uh, I told Mark, go off to the Egyptian pavilion, do your research and come back to me. So that's where he is right now. 
Well, Dubai I-103.8 is live here at Expo 2020. We've arrived at Egypt. And when you think of Egypt, you think of the pyramids, you think of the pharaohs and the river Nile. But there's a whole more modern side to the country. And to tell us a little bit more is Hazem, who's the man behind um, the actual pavilion here. So what kind of an experience are visitors going to get uh, if they come to visit your Egyptian pavilion? Okay. okay. Uh, you know, Egypt pavilion is all about legacy empowering the future. And we are trying to show the world uh, the the new Egypt, the new development, uh, through an eye of uh, Noor. Noor is a virtual tour guide. She is in, in inside the pavilion. She is um, guiding all visitors through Egypt modern age, and um, uh, you can see from uh, early, when when you enter, actually you will see the Suez Canal. Uh, development the new uh, investment area yeah. and also you will see uh, the new uh, museum uh, the great museum uh, which is going to open in December or in uh, early next year okay. and uh, you will see also the coffin of uh, Bisamtik uh, 3500 years ago I mean, that's kind of the centerpiece when you walk in, is, yes. is this coffin. It's had a lot of publicity already. Just give me a little bit more uh, information on that piece, which, uh, you know, is, has got such historic value. Okay, uh, it's actually, uh, it's beauty because uh, it keeps the colors of it until now. If you look at it, you will find the colors not touchable until now. Uh, as it is being made yesterday. Uh, and its age is 3,500 BC. Uh, I mean, there's a big queue of people outside as we speak right now, and I'm sure they're all coming to see that particular piece. Actually, not only this one. Actually, this is our legacy, and we are also showing the future at the same time. And if you go to the section, because we have different zones, and we have the future cities, and we have the time machine, which is our hero, uh, our time machine brings uh, to you an experience, a very nice experience, to go from the Ferrer's era yeah. until 2070, 50 years from wow. now. So, uh, so you can see into the future. Yes, exactly. This is our vision in the yeah. future. Yeah. And uh, at the same time, we are delivering message to, uh, to the visitors in in entertainment way. So in every zone we have here in the pavilion is entertainment as well. Okay. Um, so what's the feedback been like? Of course, you've been open now um, just over a week. Um, as I said, there's a big queue out there already. What's kind of the, the feedback been like from visitors on Egypt? I'm telling you, it's, uh, we have a great feedback. I mean, uh, marvelous. I mean, e- uh, Egyptian living here in Dubai, uh, tourism uh, coming to Dubai from the whole world. I mean, everybody's happy. Everybody, while, when they enter the pavilion, they say, wow. This is Egypt. This is Egypt. They don't believe this is Egypt, which is our success in, 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 in this particular uh, uh, expo, yeah. expo. And finally, what are your um, kind of thoughts on Expo? We've been open now uh, over a week. As you look around the fantastic um, uh, sites, um, what, what are your thoughts on it? Actually, it's, uh, the, uh, Expo is a very good opportunity for, uh, for all countries to present uh, their vision. You know, it's connecting minds, creating the future. So I think this is a very good platform for all countries uh, to show their strengths, uh, to show their uh, projects, new projects, uh, new ideas, uh, new visions. 
So I think it's a very successful uh, uh, platform for all countries. Hassan, congratulations on the Egyptian stand. I'm going to take a look 50 years into the future right now. And thank you for being with you us on Dubai. You're welcome, but you have to, talk, to try the future city, uh, the time machine. Let's it's do good, it. Yeah, you have to do it.